Previously on Funny Science Fiction. A three of laughter to like a nine and a half of tension. So I'm like, uh, I look down at my my console and I say, Captain, hull breach on deck one. <laughs> Hi, this is Isaac C. Singleton Jr. And you are listening to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where Garth Maul is a country singer and Darth Brooks is a Sith assassin. All right, so our guest today is a distinguished voice actor and an actor that you've seen in movies and TV shows like Pirates of the Caribbean, Deadpool, Galaxy Quest, one of my favorite TV shows, Community, and X-Files. And you've heard him in the animated uh, series Guardians of the Galaxy as Thanos, and also in Marvel video games as Thanos, and Transformers games as Soundwave. Not to mention StarCraft II, World of Warcraft, Lord of the Rings. I could keep going, but honestly, the list is very long and I would lose my voice about halfway through. But because of all that, we are so happy and proud to welcome Isaac Singleton Jr. to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Welcome to the show, Isaac. Well, thank you for the welcome. I'm happy to be here. We are very excited. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was one of those things, you know, I, I go through people, I was going through different shows and looking at different things and and I, and I saw your name and I was like, for, for whatever reason, it sounded familiar to me. And I think it's because of the Deadpool tie. And I'm a big fan of the, the, of the Deadpool movies. Mm-hmm. And, and so I went and I clicked on your name and I was like, oh, we got to get this guy on the show. Uh, <laughs> so See, and I, then I, when you told me the name and I'm like, I know that name. Why do I know that name? And I Googled you and I saw your picture pop up and I'm like, because oh, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. That's why I know him. <laughs> See, there you go. And then I got to your IMDb list and did the, and that, and that, and that, and that, and oh my word, that is an impressive list. It is. It is. I'm just so, and thankful. That's all I can say. That's that's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of become customary here on our show? Before we get into anything uh, nerdy, because that's what we do here, all nerdy, no dirty. We we like to talk to people about how they got to the point of being where they're at so we love origin stories because we're nerds we we talk a lot of sci-fi we talk a lot of superheroes and things like that so we want to know the story of the person sitting virtually across the table from us so in your case isaac what was it that helped you realize that you wanted to have a career in performing arts man i i I get to ask this question because it goes back a long way and I don't have you don't have a whole hour to listen to this story but the bottom line oh, is oh you'd be surprised the bottom line is God <laughs> told me I went to college to be a commodities broker God told me my sophomore college I was supposed to be an actor and I said okay God I'll listen to you and I transferred to universities channel major and that's what I've been doing ever since that's how it happened really seriously okay that's a short version that's a short version okay yeah. well, well let's add this question on to the the base question then Mm-hmm. What were some of your influences then that helped shape who you wanted to be as an actor and a voice actor? All right. Well, it's funny. I didn't have any set influences. Like I didn't say, oh, I want to be like that guy or that guy. Cause I knew that early on, I knew your career is going to be your career and your career is not going to be someone else's career. In other words. So if you're an actor and you want to be an actor, don't go out there trying to imitate somebody else. You got to make your own lane and do your own thing. And just be smart about it. So my thing was just study. I always made voices and funny things like that. So as a child, I never thought I was going to be an actor. I just was doing that for the fun of it because I always like to do accents and voices and stuff like that, just for entertainment. Who knew I was going to be paid to do that one day? I just was doing it for the fun, you know. But uh, yeah, the bottom line for me is always about 
being trained correctly to make sure that I can deliver what I need to deliver when I get on the set or whenever I get on into the mic whenever I'm there. So they know that the actor they hired is here to act and give them a job they hired me for. So I think it's all about training. And, um, and then, then I set goals for myself, truly. But, you know, when you're in an industry where somebody else is deciding whether or not you get the job or not, you know, your goals can fall short sometimes. You might have a job you really wanted to get, but sometimes you might think you didn't get a job and you got that job. So you never know what's going to happen. It's great. It's almost like reaching your hand into a bag in Halloween and pulling out some kind of prize. You never know what you can get sometimes. So it's good. It's great. All right. I like that, though. That is that, like, you know, you're reaching in for something, you know, you're you're going to get some sort of treat. You just don't know which one. Like, yeah. So sometimes you don't get the treat at all. It might be a gag gift. And sometimes you get a great treat. So <laughs> that's how it happens. So I've had a lot of great treats pulled out of that bag. I, that's all I can say. You, I've you had really a lot have. Of yeah. Really I can, I'm not complaining about anything, but I still got more goals I'm trying to achieve. And I keep going after it because I love it. It's so much fun to do it. That's the bottom awesome. line for me. Fun and the money. That's why I do it. For the fun and the money. And I want to make the fans happy. That's what I do it for. Awesome. That all makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I was, I was looking through your IMDb and was surprised when I looked at one of your first film roles was that of Saris's guard in perhaps one of the best Star Trek films of all time, Galaxy Quest. Because <laughs> obviously <laughs> it's a Star Trek film. Yeah, I know what you said. But given that remarkable cast and it being one of your first film roles, were there any moments where you looked around from under your makeup and were starstruck by who you got to work with? No, no, I haven't had that because I'd already been working with some people before that movie, even when I was in Florida working with people who were already quote unquote stars. So, you know, but, you know, when I decided I was going to be an actor, when I feel like God said, Isaac, this is what you're going to do. I just said, okay, well, this is, that's where I'm supposed to be then. And I've worked with some great actors. Like uh, one of the best actors I've ever worked with was Anthony Hopkins. And I did a movie called Instinct with him back in Jamaica before he moved to California. Yeah. We're, we're in the jungles of Ocho Rios. And, you know, I was, I was doing stunts on that movie, but, you know, he, he beat me to death with a stick in that movie. Yes, but did. I remember talking to him between scenes. I remember I just would leave people alone. I'm, I'm not a guy who's like all up under my, hey, what are you telling? Tell me about your life and how do I make it as an actor? I was never that guy. So I remember one time we were shooting in the jungles of Ocho Rios. I'm just standing off to by myself, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a solitude guy in a way. Mm -hmm. Anthony was sitting in his chair. He said, hey, Isaac, come sit over here. So I sat down next to him and we just started having a great conversation. I hadn't moved to L.A. yet. He started telling me about some things I should look out for when I got here. And and then I also was like, well, what, what were some of your inspirations when you're growing? He was telling me about James Cagney and all these different things. So it was just two men talking. It wasn't like. It wasn't like, oh, please teach me something. It was just like two great, two guys just talking about life and the things they've done. That's really much, pretty much what it was. It was great. Awesome. That's a cool story, though. I mean, there's not many people in life who get to sit, say that they sat down on a, and just talk with Anthony Hopkins, much less on a movie set with Anthony Hopkins. Much less and, got and, beaten to death with a stick by Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the cherry <laughs> on top. I mean, I mean, you know, that's always part of it. But yeah, that's that's a really cool story. And I, and I like the fact that your approach to it, it wasn't that you were, you know, starstruck. It wasn't that you were you were star chasing uh, that, you know, you were just there to do your job and you just ended up having a conversation. I think that's I think that I like the genuineness of it, that that's just how it happened. Um, well, I mean, I, now at this stage of my career, I mean, I've worked with 
quite a few A-list actors, as you'd say, the mm-hmm. A-list is concerned. And it's always the same interaction for me. It's always just like, we're here to do our job. We're getting along. We do our scenes. I yell cut. And we do what we got to do. You know, it's just, that's just the job of it. You know, it's great. Yeah. So it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm on this set with such and such. In the back of your mind, I'm like, wow, I get to work with such and such. But it's not like, it's not like, oh my goodness, I can't believe where I am. And, you know, I'm not, that's, that's, that's just not me. You know, I'm just, I'm very chill. I'm a chill guy. And, I, I look at it like I belong here. They hired me. I'm supposed to do the job, and that's why I'm here. You know, right. it's not a cockiness attitude either. It's just like right. they all started where I was too. They've just worked their way up the ladder, and they're now they're the A-listers. That's how it is. I wish I had that confidence though, because I would be the person in the background going. <laughs> but also the there's no way I should be here. They're going to find out I shouldn't be here. <laughs> oh, that way, really? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, well, I, I would. I, I would definitely get to the. <laughs> oh boy, I am in over my head. I I think that that would wear off after a while, though. You might feel that I, way. I, I think so. on the on the first one or two, but I think that after, you know, you've done this for a little bit, and, and clearly Isaac's done this for for a while, and and you're right. I don't take it as cockiness at all. I think it is. I take it as confidence, and there's a there's a grand and stark difference between cocky and confident. Yeah. Um, I think it's. You know, I think it's even a very humble attitude that you're not absorbed in yourself with the well i deserve to be here you're just the i'm here because this is my job yeah and and i have to be honest i always come from a place of thankfulness i'm always thankful to get the the next role because i know there's a lot of people vying for that role i know that and i'm very thankful that they pick me you know i'm thankful i go in and do a job they really want and especially when you're doing voiceover it's so much fun to be in the to be in the booth doing the voiceover, because a lot of times you're in there alone. Mm-hmm. We're doing Guardians of the Galaxy and Adventures of Symbol, the, car- the Marvel cartoons. Now, mm-hmm. all of us are in the room together reading the script out loud together at the same time. But when I'm doing my video games, I'm, I'm, I'm alone most of the time. And all I can see through the window or the glass is the director, the producers, and the engineer. Right. And we stop, and they'll, 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 they'll evaluate the line. But I, I love it when you, I'm, I'm doing the lines. I can see them over there going, oh, my God. <laughs> good morning, you know, and I'm surprising them with even more than they were expecting, and that makes me feel good. But also, they're getting some good work in there. You know, I love right. it. That's cool. That's I that would be cool. It is fun. Yeah, we've had some pretty interesting conversations with other voiceover actors, and and we've kind of, I don't want to say that that's where we've hung our hat on a lot of our interviews, but we've we've talked with a lot of voice actors because. Well, and I've said this before, you guys are just cool. Uh, and the way that you guys go about your work and how it's done and, and everything else. And it's it's also led to some really interesting conversations with people about you know the specific jobs and, and how they're doing them and why they're doing them. And it's and I and I think one of the most interesting aspects to me is that is that line of separation there between um, the the video game world and the the animated world where many times the in animation you guys may actually be together and and in this in the same area and doing the work together but most of the times um you know like you said in video games from everything i've heard and you know i'm i'm not a voice actor so i'm going by with what you guys tell me is that you guys are you know doing those things by yourself is it harder for you to prep for one over the other because of not having the ability to see the the reactions from your your co-stars and and be able to know what you know the what to put into the line? No, okay. When it comes to the cartoons, I get the script beforehand. I read it over a few times, so I know my character. 
And I mean, I have to be honest, Thanos is one of my favorite characters of voice because it's just a delicious character. I mean, mm-hmm. he get, he's got so many different layers mm-hmm. and, you know, and people are like, he's the bad guy. And I was like, is he the bad guy though, really? He just wants the best for the universe. If that right. means half the, half the individuals have to go, that's more individual, that's more for everybody else is what he's saying. You know, different things like if I, so I can rationalize the character through Thanos' mind and get into that character. And it's so much fun because he gets to say the, he gets to say the fun stuff the good guys can't say. Right. He gets to I say mean, what everybody else is actually thinking. I mean, like, I remember one of, there's a couple of favorite lines of mine, but like one of my lines, one of my lines, he's attacking, he's attacking New York City. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, the line is something along the lines of like, you earthlings are very annoying. But the sounds of your screams and confusion do amuse me. You may continue those. You know, that just, that makes me laugh even as I was saying it. It was right. so good because he's like, I'm blowing you up, sure, but your screams, they make me happy. Keep screaming. I like it. You know, I like that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I can, I can see where Thanos has a point. He's not entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. His, his, methods may be wrong yeah maybe <laughs> you know but it wasn't a painful death when you get disappeared you just disappear it's all right you know what i mean it's not like you're agony and honestly after looking at the internet and looking at what humanity is like he's got a point there are some days i have sat there snapping my fingers and nothing's happened and i've, I've imagined it <laughs> you need look an like i'm Exactly. I just look like I'm trying to sing a song, you know, so. Uh, But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's, it, the preparation is very different for both because when I go and do a cartoon, I've read the script a few times. I know what my character is going to do and we know the lines. I know the lines pretty much, even though I'm going to stand there, read them out loud, reading them. But when I go do a video game, I have no idea what the character is going to say at all. I don't know what he's going to say at all. They, they have the lines already queued up and we just go block by block, block. I know what my intention is because they tell me what's going on in the scene mm-hmm. and I read the lines by via the intention. So that's how we do it there. And I just have no idea what line's going to come up. I don't even know how I mean lines when they read that day when I walk into there to do a uh, video game voiceover. See, that's always been interesting to me talking to other voice actors about the, how you do this with video games that they just tell you. So this is what the conversation is. This is, here's your line. It's like, but you get like, that much context to what you're supposed to be saying That's- yeah and that comes back into where i was talking about the training aspect of mm-hmm. earlier when you become an actor you learn the who what when where and why so then that way whenever someone tells you what's going on in the scene all right you know the who what when where and why because you know what your characters already is mm-hmm. and then you know why and who and what's going on and thus you know the they tell you what's going on as far as emotion is concerned and that's what you got to portray right then and there you know, all right. That's why it goes back to that training again. Got to be the tra- you got to train. I mean, people, some people, I've had conversation with people who don't act at all. Like, oh, acting easy, and I'm like, oh, it is. Have you acted before? Oh no, I've never acted, but I see it on TV all the time. This guy's. I'm like, and I just kind of nod my head and said and say, okay, well, you know. But the bottom line is, it looks easy because these people have trained to make it look like it's easy and make it look like they're just having a normal conversation. Right. Right. Because you've seen bad acting you know that's i mean but that's opinion based somebody might watch a performance and think oh my gosh that was the best thing ever 
person next to me be like, that was the worst acting I've ever seen. So that's another thing about acting is it's so great because some people love what you did and other people are like, hmm, is that right? <laughs> you're both right yeah. because it's your opinion. It's subjective for sure. It's because it is art and art is subjective. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you brought up Thanos. So I'm going to lead it. That leads me kind of into my, my next question, or, or I brought up Thanos. Or you brought up that somebody brought up Thanos. Anyway, since we mentioned Thanos, it's here Thanos. we are. He just, he just Thanos. We're just, we keep talking about again. What's this? Huh? Exactly. <laughs> that one guy, you know, the, the snappy finger dude. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That guy. Uh, so from what I understand, uh, and from what I could tell, it looks like that even before uh, Thanos made his first MCU appearance, uh, you have already you were already voicing Thanos in Marvel video games uh, for a little bit and as far as timeline order is concerned. So considering that, uh, you know, Josh Brolin had not done any voice acting work, uh, you know, uh, for the, the green screen and the, and the, and the, the fitting there of, of Thanos uh, up to that point. Where did your inspiration for the beginning of Thanos and his voice and acting come from? Where did you draw from to, to make him come to life? All right. So I just, I just looked at him, you know, the picture of him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's supposed to be nine feet tall, weighs, so he's weighing 910 pounds, what I've heard one time on a video game or in one of the Marvel magazines. I looked at, looked him up. He's supposed to be like nine to 10 feet tall. Right. weighed 900 something pounds. I mean, he's a solid guy, you know, he's not a little he's a big wind. dude. Yeah. And I figured, you know, okay, he's going to sound like I would sound if I was nine feet tall. So it's even going to be deeper than the voice, like the voice I'm using right now. This is Isaac Singleton Jr. talking to you. But if he's nine feet tall and weighs 900 something pounds, then he's going to even have a deeper bellowing voice is what I thought inside my head. I said, okay, so, but he's not going to sound all crazed or whatever. He's very calm, cool, and collected because he, it's almost like his attitude is like, just listen to me. I know what's best for everybody else. Let me lead you. If you die along the way, too bad, but everybody else will live. Let's mm -hmm. just do it this way. I am right. You all are wrong. Just follow me. So I knew he was a megalomaniac. I knew he thought he was right in every aspect of what he did. And I just figured that's the kind of voice he should have. That's what I thought. But for that point, I can say, like, we haven't talked about this yet, but like you, like you said, World of Warcraft, I've done more than 40 voices for them alone. For right. various things like giants, elves, orcs, fire giants, dragons, all kinds of stuff I've done for them. And they're all different voices for them. And like, I'll go down to, they'll invite me down to Irvine. They'll say, okay, Isaac, we got three voices you want me to do today. Um, what do you think this thing sounds like? And they'll hold up a piece of picture of something. You know, like, uh, what do you think this thing sounds like? And I'll give them three voices right then there. I say, it could sound like this, that, that. Like, That's it. That's the voice. Then we go into the booth. We do that voice. And I come out. It shows a picture of the next thing. And that's how we do our, when I've gone down to Blizzard and actually done the stuff there at their place. Mm -hmm. just don't just show me what they have I mean, like they, we know what this creature is and what it does but we don't exactly know what it sounds like and that's where my voice comes in i show them i give them some voices and they're like oh that's it they'll pick it we go do the the uh, section in that voice that's, that's how it works excellent. And so that's it's excellent. just so that once again it goes back to the fourth grade isaac guess who's making noises just for the fun <laughs> of it right well, making noises for the fun of it's just the best. My my yeah. three year old, I have a three year old little girl. She has started using a little lady voice 
and it's a this little lady voice yes she'll walk around the house with this little gravelly little lady voice and i'm like where did that come from and it's it's hilarious and i love it and i love that you've gotten to take your your joy of playing and you still get to play you just get paid to play now yes it is it's fun so on the subject of your voice we've already talked about how remarkable that bass tone of your voice is and mm -hmm. A lot of voice actors have musical backgrounds. So outside of acting and voice acting, have you ever done anything musical? Okay, well, when I went to American Academy of Dramatic Arts here in California, when I moved here for the summer program, and I had to sing. I don't consider myself a singer, but I had to sing in one of the classes. It was fine, I can carry a tune. And I remember even when in seventh grade, I took a class in one of my seventh grade classes, we had to sing in that class also. So I remember singing but I never wanted to pursue singing. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't my thing. I just didn't want to be a singer. Right. But I guess I can hold a note if someone gives me the music and you know teach me how to sing the song, I can do that. But I don't consider myself a singer, but I can sing. Do you do anything other musically? Do you play instruments? No, I wanted you to play dance? the drums. They gave me the trumpet when I was seventh grade and I was like, well, I want to play the trumpet. So I didn't really take to the trumpet because I wasn't excited about it. Right. And then the next year I didn't play in the band at all. I just went out and did other things. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fair. like my sounds like my son Parker. He got given the trumpet and he, he did one year of band and he was just like, yeah, I want to bang and clang on things. And they're like, no, no, you need to play the trumpet. And he was like, yeah, I think I'm done with band. So you need to play drums too then. Yeah. Yeah. See, my dad was a drum major in college and in high school. So he played oh, okay. I wanted to play the drums, so they gave me the trumpet, and I was like, oh, well. I played it a little bit, but I never took to it. I never, I don't even remember the notes. I just remember G because I have to press a button. Whether than that, you know, I'm not into trumpet, you know. He, he actually got pretty good at it, and he actually, he went from that, and he, and then we bought him a bass guitar because he, he figured if he wasn't going to learn how to play the drums, he'd learn how to play guitar, and he wanted to play bass. Uh, and he started to get pretty good at that. And then he broke his collarbone twice. With a tr playing bass? No, no, being a, a stupid kid <laughs> at school. Uh, and <laughs> just thrashing out if he breaks his collarbone playing the bass. That would have been that would have been kind of impressive. And that would have been a much, much more impressive uh, story to tell. Um, but no, he will have to compare Nolan's collarbone break story to my brother's. Well, that's Parker's uh, collarbone. Oh, Parker, break. sorry. That was Parker's. Kids you have. I have three. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I have two boys and a, and a girl. My girl is my, is my youngest. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, my oldest, uh, he's, well, let's see, he's going to be, oh goodness. He's going to hear this and know that dad can't remember 24 this year. He's a grown man. Yeah. He's a grown man. Oh. So, so yeah, he's 24. He's married. He lives on the other side of the state. Not actually not too far from where Kathleen lives now. Um, in the middle of the state, not the other side of the state. <laughs> no from what i hear it's actually over the, on the other side of the state um but uh and then my middle son still lives at home he's going to college and uh and my my daughter's in high school i see but uh yeah so my oldest was was playing bass and doing really well and then um you know he found out that you probably shouldn't play football with the football players uh and play tackle football with the football players on cement Not when you're built like Parker. on cement yeah, he got tackled on this on some cement. My, I also have to tell you that my boy is also built like this. Um, oh, he he's was. six foot three and you know scrawny, 
And uh, yeah, I got tackled by one of the offensive linemen. Shoulder oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's that's right there. So done. Uh, and there was a, there was yeah there was a rebreak and you yeah something again stupid with football. But there, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> yeah, talk about origin story. I mean, you want to hear the origin of me as far as my body is concerned because I was a smaller, skinnier kid growing up. And I remember I, they were saying I might not make it to 5'10". I'm like, I'm going to be bigger than that. You watch. Anyway, when we moved to Germany, I was going 11th grade. I was six feet tall finally that summer. I was so thankful and happy. I got to be six feet tall, but I weighed 145 pounds. That's all. I started playing football. I went to 175 my junior year. And in my senior year, I was 195 and I was six foot four and I graduated. And then by my sophomore year of college, I was six foot five and I was weighing 220 pounds. And now I live here in California and I'm definitely not six, 220 pounds. I weigh 290 something pounds now. Cause I just keep working out and keeping in shape. I'm six foot five, but I'm not a little scrawny guy anymore. That's for sure. No, no. We, yeah. We kind of gathered that as you got up earlier and went to go get your drink. We we're like, that's a big dude. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm six foot three. My, my dad is six foot seven, you know? So yeah, we've got, we've got, uh, my, my son Parker, he's six foot three. Nolan's six foot five. I'm We're not exactly a girl. <laughs> my wife is tall for you know. I hate saying tall for a girl, but my wife is five foot nine. My daughter's five foot eight. We're 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 pretty we're decently tall over here. So did your dad play for Michigan or anything? No, no. Um, he's one of those guys that looks like he should have played football, but mm-hmm. he would have tripped on his own shoelaces somehow. Um, well, shoes. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> There's a whole lot of unathleticness there. Great guy. I love him to death, but no. your dad's great. And he gives the best hugs. He's a good dude. I love him to death, but you know, that's a no on the sports. <laughs> okay. It's one of those hugs though, that like you're, you're gone. There, there is, there, you can't find he you. Is a, he is a human billboard. So oh, is that big? Okay. He's a, he's a big dude, big dude. As my, right. five foot, as my five foot eight person and I get a hug from Rick and I'm like, can't breathe. <laughs> so Isaac, with the number of video games that are now being made into movies and into TV shows, it's it's been kind of cool because it's allowed fans to uh, see some of their favorite characters be brought to life. It's allowed them to see or see some of these characters be given uh, a more rounded out story where they get to even see the backstory, the origin story of some of these characters and where they're, where they've come from and things like that. So it makes me wonder with the number of video games uh, that you've portrayed characters in, it makes me wonder if there's one that you would be most interested in seeing brought to a bigger screen. Hmm. Well, I'm already seeing Thanos. Right. That was great. See what else would I think of? I mean, they've already done the Batman Arkham stuff, and Kingpin's been shown in different things. I played Kingpin before. Mm-hmm. That Vincent Nofro did a good job in the Daredevil series, so that was yes. good. Hmm, what else can I think of that I want to see? I mean, they brought they did World of Warcraft already, they did a movie for that, right? I, you know, the orcs were pretty good, they, they weren't very happy with the movie itself. I understand, even the producers weren't very happy with it once it was done. From my understanding, right. I've been told, I don't know, I wasn't in the room, but I, I enjoyed myself while I watched the movie. But I would have liked to have been in it just right. because I like doing in movies anyway, right? I can't think of anything else that hasn't come out already that I've been in. 
I mean, they've already brought the Spider-Man's life too. They've been on screen. Right. Yes, I've done a lot of video games that already have turned into movies or TV shows already. So I can't think of anything that I haven't, that I've done that hasn't been turned into something else that I'd want to see as a movie or TV show, you know? Fair enough. You know, because I was, I was looking at it even from the aspect of, of uh, perhaps even uh, shows where there's, there's already been a character out, but it's something that you would have liked, you know, yourself would have liked to have been able to portray. You know, because I was looking at, you know, um, uh, so like, you know, Soundwave from Transformers, having the opportunity to to voice him uh, for a major motion picture or. Oh, me, me. Don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have done Soundwave, but, you know, they've already had somebody else to do that, I guess. And then, you know, Josh Rowland got Thanos for the films, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's funny when fans walk in, man, you would have been a great Thanos in the movies. I'm like, well, thank you. But, you know, Josh Rowland got that. And more power to him you know what i mean it's no no sour grapes here whatsoever because i sure. know like there's the industry there's, there's plenty of work to go around there really is so it's not like oh absolutely you know so it's great okay well my personal hope is that not this isn't video game related or anything along those lines but i would love to see you come back and something in the mandalorian i'm a huge star wars fan so anything that's star wars related if we can get you back into one of those uh you know one of those other there's, shows yeah, there isn't. Yeah, that's exactly true. I would love to be back on that. But Disney and I mean, the Disney universe itself with Marvel and with um, Disney and, and just doing Star Wars stuff. I mean, I would love to keep going back and forth between both those worlds and bring in some action, live action roles in those. And that's what I'm looking forward to and scrambling towards now. Awesome. That'd be awesome. More of that going. Yeah. And, you know, hey, for your size, uh, you know, the size of man you are, uh, you, you know, you could uh, you could. You could play a Wookiee pretty easily too. So, well, I'd be for a Wookiee though. Well, not I'm really. They're like seven feet. You know, I'm six five. Some of them are, you know, mm. but uh, you know, some some, you know, I, I like to think of Wookiees as, you know, multi-size. So, you know, I gotta think there's a couple shorter ones. Oh, you know, right. you you'd be you, you could be the runt of the litter. Wookie. It'd be okay. Oh, the runt. You know what? I, I really now, I mean, I've done a lot of shows where I had full prosthetic makeup and been covered up and all that kind of stuff. I really would like to portray an actual human oid in that world where I'm actually, you see my face and it's me as a human being too. That'd be awesome. There's some characters out there that I, that are, that are kind of writ, being written mm-hmm. that I would like to play that are actual humans in that world. Yeah. Okay. Both of them, the Mandalorian world and also in the Star Wars world. That'd be cool. But don't get me wrong. I mean, playing Three Lack was fun, also. You know, but at least you saw it was my face. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Understood. Well, yeah. Let's let's get it. Let's get you out there. Hopefully, hey, mm-hmm. throw it out in the universe. Something good happens, and you make, get to. I think you'd make a fantastic Mandalorian soldier, though. I could, or you know, there's. I would be a pretty good Jedi, also. I believe. Would be. There you go. I mean, I think I'd be, I mean, my voice alone would be very sage and uh, knowing I, as far as that's see. I see. I was, you know, I was also thinking of you as a bounty hunter. I think you'd be an awesome bounty hunter. I would uh, definitely do that too. Because just because of the, the physical, physically impressive, but then you also have the, the voice to where you could make it sound very concerning for the person that you're hunting. I just mm-hmm. you know bring you in warmer i can bring you in cold is a oh. much scarier line when you when it's said in a much deeper voice <laughs> nothing against pedro uh he does a great job but you know still just saying yeah and congrats to him man he's a cool guy too 
I don't know that personally, but I will take your word for it. And I would love to find out someday. So Pedro, yeah. if you're listening, welcome to Funny Science Fiction. We, we, we'd love to talk. So just saying. We will talk about the fact I want to ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm looking at your hat, Ferris State. Now, does that go back to Ferris Bueller's Day Off? What is that? No, Fer- uh, Ferris State University right here in, in Michigan. Oh, that's so, an actual student. Okay, it's a university. Yeah. Okay. So I'll turn it. I have hat head, so don't, just ignore that. But they're the Ferris State Bulldogs. Okay. Uh, my wife has worked at that university for 15 years now. And we're my, my family is real big into hockey. You'll see my, my Red Wings jersey there. I got my Red Wings shrine up on the wall. Um, but uh, we're real big hockey fans. And we've had, except for the last two years because of the pandemic, my daughter's autoimmune. We haven't had our season tickets, but we've had, for 12 years, we had season tickets up at, up at Ferris State for the hockey program. And, and uh, we've gone to every single home game uh, except for the last two years. Okay. So, but yeah. Because yeah, the lettering is like the movie from Ferris Bueller's Day Off in some ways. So I'm like, oh, Ferris State. Okay. I know no. that in Chicago, but still, I was like, okay. No, fair question. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ferris State Bulldogs. They've got a great, uh, uh, basketball and they won the national championship was it two years ago for division two uh oh. also uh this past season won the division two national or the the not the national but the it's national but the the college football championship for division two wow uh, and it's been a, the, the hockey program's on a bit of a downward slide i'm, I'm kind of hoping we get the coach replaced up there but you know crossing my fingers but uh he's kind of been phoning it in for the last couple of years it's but it is what it is but, okay. uh, but, uh, about, uh, was it eight years ago, nine years ago, they made it to the, the national championship game for hockey there in hockey though, they, they play division one. And so they play all the big boys. They play university okay. of Michigan, Notre Dame, you know, you know, Boston college, all the big guys. Okay. All so. Right then. so Isaac, we talked about how busy you are and I did a quick count on IMDb and it looks like you have 18 projects in various stages of pre and post production as well as filming at least according mm-hmm. to IMDb and we know that IMDb is not always accurate yeah, um, always accurate <laughs> but with everything that you've done everything that you're working on currently is there a role that you want so badly but you haven't landed yet do you have a dream role somewhere in the back of your mind uh, yeah, I have one that I will not mention because that's one that kind of might be rewritten. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't want to write say that one, but I do want to play a role that's very similar to what Anthony Hopkins played in Silence of the Lambs. I want to play the the very smart, cold, calculating. I I think you say killer serial killer guy because. You know, I can be very nice and unassuming looking, but at the same time, behind closed doors or at the, in the night, you don't know what I'm doing. And the audience, I want the audience to cringe when they see me just smile and say, like, oh, good morning. How are you doing today? Welcome into my office. You know, and then, uh, you know, and then later on, you never know what happened to that person. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind right. of character I want to play. I want to play something like that and get away with it in the movie, like Anthony Hopkins did. Signs of the Lambs, where he's that, that last line when he was talking to Jodie Foster on the phone, he's like, oh, the world is much more interesting with you in it, Clarice. I won't be coming after you. I've got to go now. I'm going to have a friend for dinner. And it shows that doctor come off the plane on the island he's on. Right. And he kind of puts his hat on and kind of follows along. You know, the doctor's not going to make it. And it's great. 
You know what I mean? That's one no, of he was he was had with some Chianti and Farva beans. So yeah. <laughs> that was and, and that is one of those lines that you're like, oh, that's what he meant by having a friend for dinner. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I watched that and it was the <gasps> yikes. Oh boy. I could totally see you as a role in a role like that, though. That would be I can too. And that's why it's one of my dream roles. I'm such a nice guy in the real world. So nice and friendly. But I can play a good villain, I believe. And I very and I can play a smart one, not a not a brutish, crazed, leather face type guy who's just like cutting up people. And Ooh. I want to be this I want to be the, you know, the nice, you don't know what I'm gonna do kind of guy. I dig it. I'm Such very extremely. Don't worry about anything. Come on in. You have nothing to worry about. I think that'd be a fun watch, personally. I think so. I'm mashing yeah. up like Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lamb and Dexter mm-hmm. and Jigsaw. Jigsaw. He threw some jigsaw in there. <laughs> well, just for the fun of it. <laughs> Not for the makeup and everything, but just for the no, but know. for the puzzles. For the puzzles and the oh, yeah. puzzles, yes. The trapping people and oof. all that I've, stuff I've, I've got chills i'm okay <laughs> that would be so cool all right so isaac our our facebook group as we mentioned at the outset here uh in, in the pre-show has over two hundred thousand members i think we're at two hundred two thousand members right now and it's always growing our our group site is filled and full of memes uh it's uh, combining this universe with that universe and so on so uh, we have a, a, another co-host. He wasn't able to make it today. His name is Nick. But this, this is a question that Nick likes to ask uh, of people who have a lot of characters. So here's Nick's question. What two characters that you have portrayed would you like to see join forces to either take over the world or stop it from happening? Hmm. Sorry, I, like, I, I, love, I, I keep thinking about Thanos again. I mean, I would love to see Thanos. But... He, he takes over in the good way. I think he's in a very friendly, nice Thanos who's like, oh, okay. I know I've got this power. I'll use it for good. Why does everybody have to die? Maybe everybody can stay and I can use my powers and make things even better for everybody. And I would like to see him coupled with a Darth Vader because I've done Darth Vader's voice before too. So those two together. But, in, but, you know, Darth Vader, after he realizes that he's been duped by the Emperor and he's thrown him down into the Death Star and he's realized that, you know, I did this for love, but Padme's not coming back. And, you know, he does it for, to, to, to join forces and make the world a better place. That's I, what I don't know. That's, that's actually a really cool pairing. I'm just more um, disappointed in myself and my research for not realizing that somewhere that you had done Darth Vader's voice. And now it's, where did you do Darth Vader's voice? I've done it for live shows. Okay. And also like I've done it for um, other, other like games that are, that weren't, they weren't like super gigantic games, but I've done it. Yeah. Okay. My, my, I just, yeah. As soon as you said Darth Vader, cause I've done his voice, my mind went just kind of, anyway, um, I'm okay. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was just gonna say, would you mind doing a little bit of his voice? Would that be okay? I don't mind at all. Your thoughts betray you, my son, for a sister. So you have a twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. 
your thoughts betray her now too. And if you oh won't God, go on the dark side, perhaps she will. Holy cow, that's good. That's, yeah, but Tim's just, okay. <laughs> just going to bounce and giggle over there for a little bit. I'm a, I, I don't, I'm a massive Star Wars met. fan. So, um, yes, yeah. an actor I met when I was in college. James Earl Jones came down to my university, University of Central Florida, did a speech, and we did a little talk afterwards. It was great to meet him in person. And the first thing he said to me was like, you could play Jack Johnson. That's what he said to me. And then what happens when I moved out of California, I went to American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I had to play Jack Johnson in one of my scenes. I was like, James was right. Well, you know, Jack Johnson was one of the first roles he played in The Great White Hope, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. That is a cool story. I actually kind of think that's a cooler story than your Anthony Hopkins story. Uh, just that's because just I know. It's James Earl Jones. Well, yeah, but, you know. It's James Earl Jones. I mean, <laughs> something else, isn't he? What is he? I, it's ninety. Is he ninety? He's, he's got to be pushing ninety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Hopkins is cool. Don't get me wrong, but mm. James Earl Jones. I yeah. mean, I, I, anytime that man talks, it's he could sit down and read the phone book to me. I I know that a lot of kids don't know what a phone book is, but it's what we had before Google, and um, he could sit down and just read that to me, and I'd be like, yes, I'll listen. Cool continue on yeah so 91 91 years old 91 wow uh. were you all fans of the big bang theory yeah oh yeah i you loved him on that when he was oh. on that yeah that was great <laughs> pranking carrie fisher is fantastic <laughs> man that was good stuff <laughs> isaac i have one final question for you and we've talked about it a little bit we've touched on it but I'm a big believer in passing on information to the next generation, whether it's teaching my daughter things or helping my friends go through things that I've already experienced. Knowledge is meant to be passed on. So what is your one piece of advice that you would pass on to new and aspiring actors who that you found invaluable to your career? All right. First of all, I would say, you know, don't take anything for granted. Def definitely study your craft so you'll be ready when you're on set. And once you get on set, you're professional. So just don't, don't get in the way. You know your stuff. Uh, be a good human being while on set. Don't be, don't, don't try to be, I'm a superstar kind of person where you like, oh, I'm not coming out of my trailer until the director comes and approaches me and tells me that I'm the best thing ever, or I'm the best thing since sliced bread, or any kind of attitude where it slows the production down because that doesn't help anybody. Definitely doesn't help your career or your reputation. So don't be that kind of person. So be a quality, cool person on set. Be helpful. Be helpful with your other actors. You know, maybe they are having something break as far as their lines are concerned. Help them out with that kind of thing. You know, just I just make be a good citizen, I think, is what the bottom line I would say when it comes to being on set. And um, you know, just know your craft and know what to do. And then always, you know, if, if someone asks and you have an opinion about something that might make the scene even better, they ask, give it to them and see if they like it. They might use it, you know. But yeah, just be a solid human being, almost like what you learn in kindergarten. Just treat people with respect and dignity and be nice. And um, and the work will go fine. Very good, solid. That's just solid advice for 
life, life. in general. Yeah, exactly. that, yeah, it works. I mean, that kindergarten lesson works in life. It really does. It does. It really, really but, does. But people forget it for some reason when they get older. Yeah. And some people really don't live by it anymore. Yeah. Which it's doesn't make how many. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. It just doesn't make it a or doesn't make it a great world to live in when someone there could be one you could be there could be a hundred of you in a room, but this one person can have an attitude or do something that disrupts the whole environment just because there's one person who forgot the decency of being a human being and being true and nice to everybody. Yeah. It affects everybody. One person can affect that many. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. All right. So Isaac, we're at a point in our show where we like to take our guests through a little quiz. Okay, then. All right. So uh, the name of this quiz is called Name That Release Year. Now, this is based on what IMDb has told us. So uh, we've already mentioned that IMDb is not infallible. Mm -hmm. So what this is, <laughs> I love the look of doubt. He's like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, here we go. Mm -hmm. All right, so it's it's four questions. Okay. All right, Each of the questions is multiple choice. All right. All right. Now, if you get three out of the four questions correct, we'd like to send you this book called Custodians of the Cosmos. It was written by the... the uh, our group page founder, uh, his name is Drayton Allen, and this book was written about someone who wanted to join something kind of like Starfleet, but not Starfleet for, le for legal and litigious reasons. Uh, so not quite like Starfleet, where he washed out, rejoined as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. Okay. So, so if you get three out of the four, we'd like to, to do that. Now, if you get less than three answers correct, we told you about how many memes we have in our group. We'd like to take your picture, make a meme out of you, and put it you into the group. We call it our fun sequence. We didn't talk about this meme thing. <laughs> we did. Like, we had to talk about this meme thing, but okay. Well, we meant, Tim did mention that there's memes in the group, but he never memes mentioned the... that we sometimes make them. <laughs> I see. He well, that's, this was the point where we bring them up. That, yeah, this is when we bring up that we make them sometimes. Um, but if you're if you're agreeable to that, the, the meme will be in good taste. I promise you that. Okay. Then. <laughs> All right. So four questions. Each of the questions again is in multiple choice. So we're going to give you the name of the the project, the name of your character, and three possible release years. Okay. Okay. All right. Number one, Transformers: Rise of the Dark Spark as Soundwave. Was that released in 2010? 2009 or 2014 gosh i did i did more than one transformer so jeez all right um 2014 that is correct very good all right question two galaxy quest as cyrus's guard was that 1994 1999 or 2004 that was 1999. Very good. Two for two, my sir. All right. Question number three. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl as mm -hmm. Bosun. Was that 2003, 2001, or 2008? That came out in 2001. No, that one came out in 2003. Three? Oh, we were shooting in 2001. That's what happened. Okay. All right, so two right, 
one wrong in theory. Uh, and then the last one, Deadpool as Booth. Was that 2006, 2011, or 2016? Let me see what this is. Yeah, 16. Very good. 2016. All right, so that's three correct. We're not making a meme out of you, but we would, in fact, like to send you this book. So after we release everybody else and say goodbye to them, stick around, and we'll get some shipping information from you so we can send it to you, okay? All righty then. Isaac, thank you so much for being on our show with us today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about what you're doing, what you've got coming up? All right. Well, I mean, IMDb is there, but I mean, but if you want to just follow me as an Isaac, it's Isaac Singleton Jr. At Insta on Instagram at Isaac Singleton Jr. So I-S-A-A-C, then S-I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N, then Jr. It's got the blue check on it. And it's Instagram. That's my Instagram. That's what I do. That's right. That's where I mainly am. Okay. We are definitely going to link that so that they can follow you. All righty then. All right. We also want to remind people that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Isaac here today to have these great conversations with and, and learn fun factoids like he, he did Darth Vader. I mean, come on, that's really cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, so please subscribe to the show. It helps us more than you'll ever really know. And be sure to go to, to Instagram, follow Isaac, and check out his work as well. Now, however, if you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Thanos, the Mad Titan himself. Will the offending parties be dealt with? Of course they will. But keep in mind that Thanos has a habit, a habit of wiping out 50% of all life with the snap of a finger. And there's really no telling which side you'll fall on and which side I'll fall on when he snaps. But if you win, we'll even provide you with a handy dandy, I survived the snap t-shirt, provided that, of course, we're still here to provide said t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Isaac. You're welcome. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Isaac. Really appreciate it. That's our show, guys. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Goodbye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 80. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins Jack Sparrow to rescue the Black Pearl from the clutches of Davy Jones' locker, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his piercings. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. 